Hey guys, happy Monday and welcome to To Make a Short Story Long. Um, so I spent uh, the weekend not by myself because I definitely hung out with friends and, and things like that, but um, alone in my house for the first time. And it's kind of one of those things that I don't think about. I'm not like scared of being alone, like by myself, but when it's a new house and then we have wood floors and so the floors creak a lot and I kind of psyched myself out to be honest um a couple of times and then I was like oh my goodness Annie you need to pull it together like no one is breaking in or anything like that but um I had a very kind of chill weekend I did some more DIY projects some more painting um different things like that it was it was honestly like, I don't know, it was a really good relaxing time. We also have, um, like my work has the next week off. Everybody at my work does. And so I'm very excited to have some vacation time um, and just be able to enjoy that. Like my sister's coming down for a couple of days. I'm very excited to see her um, and just to spend more quality time with um, friends and everything like that. So I hope, you know, I hope you're doing well and that your weekend was good. Uh, I don't really, I feel like I say this all the time, but I am very much, I go based on like my feelings when it comes to this podcast. So sometimes I have about seven to 10 pre-recorded and a lot of times I don't use any of those. I just decide I want to record another one. Um, and that's kind of similar to this week. And I don't know why, but the thing that kind of popped in my mind to do was to actually talk to you guys about, like, in depth about this book called Uninvited by Lisa Turquest. I, I had recommended that book to you guys before, um but I actually was just going through the notes on my phone and I have so many quotes from that book, so many notes from that book. And I kind of wanted to, <laughs> we'll see if this works, but I kind of wanted to just like read the quotes, all of the notes and quotes that I took down. Um, and then kind of talk about why they impacted me so much and hopefully they will do the same for you. Um, again, this is all from Uninvited, Uninvited, the book by Lisa Turquest. So none of these are my quotes. Um, but I thought that would be a cool thing. And then I was like, Annie, is anybody going to listen to a podcast about this? But you know what? We're going to just go for it. And I promise you it is all good, good stuff. I read this book in maybe two days. Um, and so it's just, it's an incredible book. So I'm just going to get right into it. Uh, the first quote I had was, I knew I had to stop assessing God's goodness by how I felt at any given time. And I think this is so relevant for everyone out there. We do this 100%. Um, we've, we've done this for like different times in our, wow, I can't talk. We have all done this at certain points in our lives. <laughs> we have said to ourselves, the Lord isn't good because I'm going through this hard thing or I'm feeling this way. Um, and that's just not true. The way that we know the Lord is good is because it says so in the Bible. And, and we also are able to experience his goodness. And um, I feel like sometimes we just, um, our emotions overrule what we know to be true and it's so important for them not to do that and so that was like one of the um, key takeaways I kind of took from the book another quote was my fearful mantra is I must keep things good so I can be good um, and then some of the questions she asked in the book is is God good is God good to me do I trust God to be God? And it's so interesting because when it comes to the like fearful mantra being, I must keep things good so I can be good. I, I felt that like deep in my core. And I've talked about, I think I've talked about the Enneagram like briefly on 
this podcast, but I'm an Enneagram one. And as an Enneagram one, my like core desire is to be good. And like my core, um, like thing that I want to stay away from is to be corrupt or like my core fear is to be corrupt or evil. And I just thought this was kind of how everybody lived, which sounds strange, but I just assumed everybody that was like their main desire to be good. And it's like so ingrained in me. Um, and again, I'm not the type of person, well, maybe not again, cause I haven't told you guys this, but I'm not the type of person that puts so much weight into the Enneagram or personality tests I think they can be helpful, but I do think at times, um, those don't define who you are. Like your identity shouldn't be like as an Enneagram one, um, because I feel like there's this need to kind of excuse, um, weaknesses because of that. And I, and I think it's important to know your weaknesses and to like be able to say like, this is what I struggle with. This is what I'm good at. But I also think that the Lord works in your weaknesses. And anyway, that's like a little bit of a side tangent. But I'm not one to necessarily like give a lot of weight to the Enneagram. Although I think it can be a helpful tool. But um, I did think about that when I thought of this quote. Um, I do think that I have to, like my life has to be good so I can be good. And I actually answered all of these questions that is God good? Yes, of course he is good. Is God good to me? Yes, he totally is. Even when he's disciplining me, even when he allows me to go through hard things in life, he is still good. And then do I trust God um, to be God? And yeah, like I, I do. I trust God to be God. And, and there are times in my life where my answer for all of these would be like, heck no. Like, God isn't good. God is certainly not good to me and I don't trust God. And I think it's so, that's like such a real response for some people. And I would just encourage you if that is how you're feeling, if you don't see the Lord's goodness, you don't um, know that he is good. Like I would say like, pray about it, dive into the word, like talk to people because he is even regardless of how we feel at any given time. So those were like my takeaways from that. Um, and then kind of going along the same strand of goodness. Another one is even if something doesn't feel good, God could work good from it. Yeah. <laughs> this is such a huge thing. And we talk about this all the time, how God takes the crappiest of situations and he somehow is able to redeem them you know um I mean the cross is obviously there was like a huge plan for the cross it was always in in God's plan to have that happen but one could look at it and say like wow this was a horrible thing that happened right but then it also was like an incredible thing that happened because we were um forgiven and we were uh, brought into the family through the cross and we were all, all of those good things and so he takes what can be what is not good and he brings good out of it and if you're going through a situation where you can't see this right now that's totally totally understandable um, and you don't even necessarily need to think about oh where is the good that God is going to bring out of this situation. Um, I mean, I think it's fine if you do, but I think it's okay if, you, if that's not how you think about it. I think it's okay to just be like, I'm in a bad situation. I want to be able to grieve. I want to be able to say how much I'm hurting and things like that. And just continue to pray and ask God to direct you in through that. And then I think generally on the other side, if there is we're, we're able to look back and, and see God's goodness and see how he shaped it. And for me specifically in my life, it's generally not until a little bit later, uh, that I'm able to see that. Um, but yeah, he does certainly bring good, even out of bad situations. Um, I, I haven't read these. I like, I didn't read these before. So some of these, cause I read the book a while ago, I'm going to be like, Oh, I forgot about that until now. 
Uh, another quote is, therefore, I need to keep my mind set on what the Holy Spirit whispers, not what the flesh screams. Uh, again, so good. I think, yeah, our, I think fear is very loud. Um, emotions are very loud, especially negative emotions. Um, and I think that they can feel overwhelming and... I think focusing on the the still quiet voice, the the whisper of the Holy Spirit, um, it can be difficult to do, um, but it's so completely worth it. Um, oh, and then another one is the mind feasts on what it focuses on. I've thought about this so much lately. Um, we, it really does. Like if you think about something obsessively or think about things like throughout your day like if you kind of do an inventory like take a step back um and when your mind just goes to different things throughout the day maybe make a note of it um in your phone or whatever and just try to make a note of like what you think about so for example if you're thinking about yourself like I I wonder how this situation is going to play out or or like, oh, I feel this way or, oh, I feel that way. Like kind of make an inventory of what it is and look back uh, maybe the next day or at the end of the day and see how many of your thoughts are, for lack of a better word, good thoughts. Um, I I would say that even if uh, a lot of times our thoughts are very negative, um, and not really helpful and so if you're sometimes they, they're they really helpful sometimes they're really positive but I would encourage you just to kind of like um, take an inventory of your thoughts and see what you are focusing on throughout your day um, if you're trying to get a job and and the only thing you're gonna you're thinking about is I'm not good enough for any of these jobs like that does say, say something and so I would just kind of think about that um, okay. And another one is God, I want your truth to be the loudest voice in my life. Correct me, comfort me, come closer still. And I will trust God. You are good at being God. Mm, that's so good. Um, yeah, it's again, so hard to have God's voice to be the loudest in our lives. I feel like a lot of times the world's voice is louder, our voice is louder, Um, and really like, how do we even like distinguishing what is God's voice versus our voice or the world's voice? Um, and so kind of distinguishing between that and then trying to continue to have God's voice be the ultimate guidance for our life. Um, because he is the ultimate truth, um, I really don't like that phrase that I understand what it means, but like the, the, your truth, my truth thing. Um, because a lot of times they're talking about opinions or experiences and it doesn't really make sense, but <laughs> regardless, um, God's voice is always a voice of truth and, and love and all of these things. And so having his voice be the loudest, um, and yeah, he does correct us. He comforts us. And he wants us to be near to him. Um, so another one was live from the abundant place that you are loved and you won't find yourself begging others for scraps of love. When I wrote this down, I kind of was like, yeah, it's it's hard when my expectation for somebody else is for them to be what God should be for me. Does that make sense? Like that that's what this uh quote reminded me of. Sometimes I have this expectation, I don't even realize it until later and it is like making a person an idol in my life, but I have this expectation that I want them to fill the void of my life that only God can fill because of course like we need people people love us, we need people to love us and all of that good stuff but living from a place especially if you're a a Christian a child of God um a place that you are loved and 
just knowing that that is who you are. You're loved completely. Um, and of course, that does not mean that you don't need other love, you know, people to love you in your life. Like, I think, of course, that's important. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking of. Um, giving with strings of secret expectations attached is the greatest invitation to heartbreak. Uh, these, uh, this book was so good. Anyway, uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to read that again. Giving with strings of secret expectations attached is the greatest invitation to heartbreak. We, we talk about this a lot. I feel like in our society about how having too high of an expectation is bad. Um, and we always talk about how to keep like your expectations low so you won't disappoint it so you won't be disappointed I've always hated that because I I get the sentiment behind it but I also think it's like we we do have expectations for people right and sometimes that could be a good thing like we expect people to behave in a decent manner a civilized manner um but I think it is different when you're giving to someone. So whether that is giving love to someone, um, giving an actual gift to someone. Um, and I feel like we're kind of conditioned to like, I give you something, you give me something back, you know, like a very transactional thing. And I do feel like true joy comes when you are just giving someone because giving to someone out of like the abundance of your heart in your life. You're like, oh my goodness, I have all this abundance from the Lord. Like, here we go. Um, or even, I'm not talking about like monetarily, but even if you don't have like quote unquote abundance, like monetarily, um, giving out of your need even, but, but that's, that's still abundance in, in a way because you're still like, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know if this is making any sense. It does in my head and I just don't think I'm saying it right. Um, I think I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to say is when the Lord, like you know you are loved by God um, and that is filling you up, that when we give to someone without expecting anything in return, that is just like such a, I don't know how to ex explain this, but like a pure way of like, giving without expectation right um like there's no uh like contingency contingency plan or no um transactional thing um going on I just think that's yeah I think that's really great <laughs> okay anyway the other one is I believed I had prayed about things but in reality I'd only worried about them talking to friends about them and try to figure out how to solve them myself. Um, yeah, this is good. I, I definitely have been in this place a lot where I just worry and worry and worry. And I, I mean, the Bible says to cast your cares upon the Lord, like just give them, give you, give the Lord the worry that you have in your life, cast your cares on him. Um, just like throwing them off of you and onto him. It, that's what like that language feels like. And, um, and a lot of times we want to control the situation so badly. We want to solve the situation so badly. And, and there's like things and prayers and, uh, stuff that, yeah, you can, um, controls certain things in your life to a certain extent. Um, but there are some things that you can't and, and the worry aspect of it is like such a huge deal. Um, and so I definitely resonated with this quote because it's so easy to just be stuck in the rut of like worrying and fretting over things and then not really like giving it to God. And from, experience I have realized a lot of times I will surrender to Christ I will give things to Christ and then the next day I will take them back again and be like oh no I think I could 
I could figure this out or like I will start worrying all over again. And I've talked about this a lot, but like moment to moment surrender um, is really a, a huge deal when it comes to this type of thing. Um, another quote is he waits every day with every answer we need, every comfort we crave, every affection we're desperate for while we look everywhere else but him. And I remember writing this down and being like, seriously, he has everything we need, every comfort, every affection. And that sounds really crazy that I said that, but I thought about it more and I was like, yes, of course, because like Jesus is all that we every he in him we get ever come every comfort we crave every affection we're desperate for um and every answer we need and I know that sounds like such a like bible school sunday school answer um you know Jesus is the answer but it's it's true and it's a simple answer but it's a hard hard thing to do and Again, this doesn't mean that he doesn't blessedly give us other people, other people that will give us comfort, other people that will give us affection, all that stuff. That doesn't mean that. It just means that the ultimate answer to all of our problems are him, are found in him. And if we just had people, it would not be okay. But we can be okay if we just um, turn to him in every situation. Uh, so another one is we run at breakneck pace to try and achieve what God simply wants us to slow down enough to receive. Um, and I thought about this for a while and I was like, okay, yeah, this sounds, sounds legitimate. Um, for sure. It sounds legitimate. And it reminded me of the book, the ruthless elimination of hurry, um, and I do think that a lot of times God just wants us to stay, to stand still, to slow down, to, um, to kind of be able to spend time with him and through that, get everything that we could ever n- need. Um, uh, and I had thought about this a lot when quarantine started, I was like, okay, this is not an ideal situation. I don't want to not spend time with my friends. I don't want my whole life to be upside down and to, you know, stay in my house or close by to my house. Um, I like went outside for walks and things, but I don't want to just stay there with like my roommates and not be able to like go to work and still do that and not be able to go to restaurants and all, all of that stuff. But I remember being like, okay, maybe this is what I really need in this moment. Maybe this is what a lot of people really need in this moment is, um, yeah, COVID is a horrible situation. It's a bad situation. But again, like good things can come from it. And I think being able to slow down and spend more time with the Lord was a huge thing for me, especially at the beginning of COVID. Like it's something I needed so much and I was (laughs) reluctantly happy about it. And I'm saying reluctantly because at first I was being so stubborn and I was like, no, like this is annoying. Like, why do I have to, anyway, why do I have to do this? And, um, I still, of course did. I still like, (laughs) uh, didn't go outside or anything like that or like, you know, go somewhere I wasn't supposed to. I went outside, but not anywhere crazy. Um, and I just felt like it was such a good time to spend quality time with the Lord. Um, and so I really did take that into consideration. I was like, okay, I can fill my days with hobbies and endless things. And I'm not going to lie. Like I have more hobbies that I do now than I did pre COVID. Um, but it was a good time to just be able to slow down and spend more time with the Lord um, because I did have more time because I wasn't obviously hanging out with people um, besides my roommates and I wasn't going in for work and and all of that stuff so um, yeah 
the next quote is fix your eyes not on the world's prize but on staying in love with me um i feel like that's just such a an easy not an easy thing to do a good reminder of our ultimate want in this world should be to be in love with god and stay in love with god um and i don't know if you've ever even thought about that like I hope you have of course and I don't think I've ever thought about it in that way like I know I love the Lord I love him more than anything in the world and I can honestly say that um but I don't think I've thought about like I my goal is to stay in love with Christ um and I think that's like such a a good way to put it um uh God's love isn't based on me. It's placed on me. Good reminder. It's not based on what we do or how we act or anything that we have or we do. Um, it's always because of him. A proximity and activity doesn't always equal connectivity. Uh, proximity and activity doesn't always equal connectivity. Uh, yeah, totally agree. And I think in the in the book, she was talking about how Judas, he had proximity and activity, but he was not connected to Christ in that way. Um, and I think about the times where I've been burnt out when I've been serving at the church. Um, you know, I have all that proximity. I'm There's a flurry of activity going on, but I don't feel connected to the body of Christ a lot of times or even to God himself. Um, do I walk into situations prepared with the fullness of God in me, free to look for ways to bless others? This was very convicting to me and very, um, I don't know, it really helped me to realize like, I want to be more intentional with people. I feel like I'm pretty intentional already, but a lot of times I will be so wrapped up in like the things I'm thinking about that I'm not like really, really like listening well to people, paying so much attention, like close attention to what they're saying and how they're feeling about a situation. Um, and so I just love that. I just loved like we are full with God's presence and <laughs> we can bless others so well. Like we really can. And that's the most exciting thing. Um, I don't know, something that I've just been so excited about, um, about being a Christian. Um, another thing is, it's not that I don't, it's not that they don't need people. They do. God created them for community, but the way they love is from a full place, not an empty desperation. Um, kind of similar, but do we love, yeah, do we love others? Um, out of a full place. We know that God, because of him, we are um, fulfilled. <laughs> and do we love others from that place? Or is it like giving them an empty tank or giving people the leftovers or giving people like the, the like last part of your I don't know. I don't know what else, what other metaphor I can say, but, um, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Do we love people from a full place? And, um, I did think about this and I, and I do think, of course, of course, there are seasons in your life where you're going to feel emotionally exhausted. You're going to feel mentally exhausted. Um, you're going to feel like you have nothing to give, and I would say besides maybe, besides like some seasons, a lot of times when somebody um, feels this way is it's because they have way too much going on in their life um, and they really need to take a step back. Again, I'm saying some seasons, I realize like people cannot do that. Um, the one that pops into my head is when you have like a newborn, I've obviously heard it's very exhausting. It sounds very exhausting. Um, but I do think that most other seasons, um, people are unable to live from, love from a full place because they are not, um, they're so, so busy. I think that's like a huge, huge thing.
Um, another thing, another quote is, oh, <laughs> it's a quote and it's uh, basically this is me or you talking to God. Here's the plan. Trust me. It's really good. So if you could just bless all this, don't mess with all this. Just bless it and it will be good. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, that's honestly a lot of times um, how I think about it. I'm like, ooh, yeah, like this sounds great. Like this sounds like such a good thing that I want or I desire. And of course, like God totally is going to understand and, and do everything I want him to do. Um, and I don't say like, I obviously don't believe that a hundred percent, but sometimes I do. I, it's like a sneaky way of believing it. You know, um, I like say I don't, but then, you know, when things don't go my way, it like feels like the world is ending. Um, and I'm not saying that in a, to, to make it to make trials seem trivial because they're really not, but, um, it does really fracture that control, which can be a very scary thing. Um, and so, yeah, like the Lord wants to do things in our lives like that are so much bigger and greater than we can ever imagine. And I really truly believe that. And I think a lot of times, um, we, we don't think that. And so we want to hold on to something so tightly. Um, and that doesn't mean that it's not the thing we're trying to hold on to isn't good. Um, that also doesn't mean that you're going to have like this big glamorous life because you let something go or have anything bigger and better, um, come along in that way. But it's, but he wants to shape us into becoming more like him and he wants to sanctify us. And that is why it is better um, than what we could have for ourselves. Um, uh, okay. And though we cannot predict his specific plans, the fact that God will work everything together for good is a completely predictable promise. We've kind of already talked about this, but such a good reminder. Too much revelation, and I'd pridefully run ahead of you. Too little, and I'd be paralyzed with fear. Um, yeah, I I definitely agree with this. And again, this is not a formulaic thing, right? <laughs> um, I have been thinking a lot about hearing from God lately. Okay, not lately, for like years. Um, and, oh gosh, why am I like getting really teary about this? Um, it's been such an interesting thing because I always thought I really understood, um, God's voice. And I think I do overall, but, um, recently I feel like I just was completely like, whoa, I totally just did not hear God right or or maybe I did, but it doesn't feel like I did. And I, it like threw me for a loop, you know, because I was like, wow, I like, if I can't distinguish the Lord's voice, of course, like the Bible is the main way to do that. Um, but if I can't distinguish the Lord's voice, like that really like scared me. And, um, and not to make the sound, uh, I guess, uber spiritual, but like, I do think God speaks to us, right? And through the Bible and through other ways. And for a long time, I was very uh, comfortable with, not comfortable. I like understood how God spoke to me and he spoke to me through the Bible. Sometimes he would speak to me, obviously through sermons and other people that those were like the main ways, but other times it would be <laughs> through dreams and um, and through different, uh, like, I guess visions when I was like praying and things like that. And I felt like this really, um, got test, not tested, but I, I was like, wow, like the last couple of months I was like, did, is this all just in my head? 
and then I kind of like freaked myself out and I was like wow like I totally don't I can't hear God like I don't understand his voice like all this stuff like I thought I was like I knew it and and now I don't feel like I do and it like I don't know I did not like it at all (laughs) um and so that's been something that I've been like really working through a lot recently and praying about and um yeah (laughs) um I don't really remember what I was saying um oh it was too much revelation and I'd pridefully run ahead of you too little and I'd paralyzed with fear I do think a lot of times in my life um God gives me just enough right um and this is just me personally from my experience he gives me just enough for me to still have to trust him with something right um and I do feel like it is a good thing even though I hate it sometimes (laughs) um Anyway, denying myself the pleasure of preventing, wow, denying myself the pleasure of presenting proof and building a case isn't easy. Yes, amen, that is true. Time grows the seeds that are planted, watered, and fertilized. Yes, again, 100%, it does. If you are, I mean, a lot of, yeah, it's like, this is a habitual thing, right? it's your habits like if you have a mind like if your mind thinks about like you allow your brain to think about and dwell on things that are like always negative then you're gonna start thinking that's who you are I mean it says that in the bible somewhere I think in psalms um but yeah 100 percent um there are a lot of things my flesh is tempted to seek fairness my right to be right proof of his wrongdoing to make the person whatever person see things from my vantage point but at this point the only thing healthy for me um is to seek you you alone i'm going to be obedient to you and to let you handle everything else um and again i feel like a lot of times i'm like oh this feels like giving up and it's not because being being obedient to god doesn't mean that you don't have like some sort of action that you do um I think about this a lot of times in my life so I've always really trusted the Lord for direction in my life with what to do with like my career my job um with where to move and that sort of thing who to live with I don't know why I've never really had um any struggles with trusting God in in that and especially with a job like I have had uh, three jobs since college and I worked at Northwest University where I went to school I worked at Microsoft um, and then I worked at Eastside Academy where I work now where I'm probably going to work for forevermore <laughs> okay maybe not forever but for a while and I it's never been something I've worried about um at all and so a lot of times when I'm going through something in a different area of my life I'm like trust the Lord the same way that you would trust that you trust him in this area and so for example when I was looking for a new job uh at Microsoft I was applying to jobs right obviously I'm still applying like I apply to jobs I'm not just like praying about it even though you know I'm not gonna like who knows like maybe that would work for some people but um I was applying to jobs I was praying about it so much um I wasn't worried about it that was like the huge thing and my mom always tells me this she's like Annie like you just don't worry about this stuff and it's like so refreshing um I wasn't worried about it I was like I remember distinctly talking to my mom and being like I know God has something for me I'm gonna do my due diligence and you know like apply to jobs I'm gonna pray about it I'm gonna seek him when it comes to like getting opportunities and things like that and then I you know applied to Eastside Academy it was a very intimidating interview (laughs) and I didn't think I got it but I remember being like 
pretty bummed. Like, oh, okay, well, that didn't... The first interview went great, and I was like, okay, totally good. The second interview, which was, like, with six people, uh, it didn't go bad, poorly, but it was just intimidating. And I was like, I'm not, I did not get the job. And I kind of was like, okay, I definitely thought that specific job was something from the Lord, but... I don't think I'm going to get it and that's okay because if that's not from the Lord, there's something else that is from the Lord Um, and maybe I just misinterpreted or maybe I just thought it was and it actually isn't or it's not for this time, you know? And so I I ended up getting the job. They called me like a couple days later and I was shocked (laughs) to say the least but I ended up getting it and it was I mean it's been amazing and I and I love it and I do feel like this is where the Lord has called me um, for this season in my life and a lot of times this is not how I am with other situations in my life Um, and I think it's because I'm just like have so much fear around it Um, and so yeah that being said being obedient to the Lord um is not necessarily just, oh, okay, like I'm just going to sit here in my room and pray about it. Um, sometimes it can be, but um, more often than not, it's it's prayer, of course, pray without ceasing, um, but then also doing other things along with it in, in the obedience that he calls you to, and like whatever he calls you to do. Um, yeah, and then... The other part of the quote is, I mean, she's talking about, um, I think a situation she went through with, um, I don't remember who exactly, but I think it was after, um, a guy and her, I feel like they broke up or something, but yeah, it says there are a lot of things my flesh is tempted to seek fairness, my right to be right, proof of his wrongdoing. Um, to make the person see things from my vantage point. But at this point, the only thing healthy for me to do is seek you. And I think that can just go with so many situations in life. Like we want, of course, we like we want things to go our way. Um, we desire for them to make sense to go our way. And that's not a bad desire. Like we know what, like, of course, not everything is good in this life. And we crave it to be good. Um And I think that just points to, you know, our eternity. Uh, Anyway, the next one. The more she cooperated with grace, the more her humiliation turned into humility. Um, Yeah, I think a lot of times when we fail, um, we, we feel humiliated. Regardless of what it is. If you fail at a job, if you get fired, if you get let go... If you fail at a relationship, you break up, um, you get divorced. Our first um, kind of reaction is shame, to feel shame and to feel humiliated. And um, I think that's so sad because a lot of times those things don't say anything about us. Um, And I I just love this quote. The more she cooperated with grace, the more her humiliation turned into humility. Like, oh, such a good one. Anyway, the next one is, it is impossible to hold up the banner of victim and victory at the same time. Yes, I agree. The next one is, when God seems busy elsewhere or purposefully unmoving, the truth is he is at work, maybe doing something entirely beyond what we are thinking. Amen. I think the Lord is always at work, you guys. The Lord is at work in our lives. Um... He is, he cares about you specifically and you personally. And that was like a huge thing that I've struggled with and still struggle with to this day, honestly. It's like, I know that the Lord loves me and, and and all of that stuff, but it's not in a like, oh, hey, I love all my students at EA. Like, of course I love all my students at EA, but it's in... It's when I like call out someone specifically, a specific student at Eastside Academy, because I know them very well. I know them and I can still say like, I love that specific person. And yeah, anyway, he loves you. He cares for you. Uh, You are not set aside. You were set apart. 
Another one is the conversation I have with the Lord in my loneliness always leads to more. Oh gosh, what does this say? Oh, more intimacy with him. I just misspelled it. And compassion for others. Yeah, 100%. Um, especially when we're like lonely, especially when we're going through things. I feel like this is, if we are continuing to go to him, it always results in more intimacy with him and more compassion for others. Um, see if maybe your situation has more to do with you being prepared rather than you being overlooked. Um, yeah, another huge thing. Another huge thing is like when we fail, when we, when we don't get the promotion, uh, we don't get, I was going to say the book deal. I don't really know people that like, you know, try to get book deals, but, um, that a lot of times uh, it hurts our ego, you know, like it hurts our ego so much. And I do believe that a lot of times this is not us being overlooked. It is God preparing us for something. Um, if God is good, like we talked about in chapter two, why isn't he being good to me in this? Huh? That was a good quote as well, because the truth is he is, it just can feel this way. I choose to believe that this is God's protection for me and God's provision for her. So in this quote, she, Lisa was talking about how somebody else got the job that she really wanted. And she's saying that she chooses to believe that it's God's protection for her and God's provision for the other girl. Um, not one of these acknowledged God's provision, which is big enough for us all. Yes. Um, uh, okay. So this is another quote. Wow. This is a very long, <laughs> anyway, this rejection doesn't mean I'm unlovable. It makes this person a wrong fit for me right now. I'm going to focus on God and his promises for good things. Um, again, I believe that she is talking about a breakup at this time, but yeah, a hundred percent. It doesn't mean, I mean, we so quickly jump to like all these crazy conclusions. Um, like when we, you know, like when something bad happens, when we get broken up with or, or whatever, like we say like, oh my goodness, that means I'm unlovable. Um, and that, that's just not true. That's not true at all. Um, uh, there is usually some element of protection wrapped in every rejection. Another one is God. I don't understand this, this situation, but I do understand your goodness to me. I thank you for the protection that is part of this rejection. Even when I can't see it, I trust you. Yeah, that's a good prayer. Strengthen not with, with the pride of perfection but with the sweet grace of one who knows an intramural closeness with the lord oh my goodness that's tommy <laughs> and sorry <laughs> sorry my roommate and her boyfriend came to the house he picked her up from the airport and i was just making sure they had the key to go in anyway so i don't remember where i left off but the next one is mm -hmm. uh, why can I okay. see Satan's schemes are to d increase our desire for something outside the will of God to make us think giving into weakness is no big deal to minimize our ability to think through the consequences of failing falling to this temptation okay another one is when we more clearly see him we can more clearly see the miracle in our mess the good in our difficulty the redemption in our rejection we must feel the pain to heal the pain fear cannot catch what it can no longer reach Save me from the hurt and heartbreak of following other good things the wrong way. Oh, so good. If this now broken relationship was your best, you wouldn't have kept me from it. And if it is your best sometime in the future, the enemy won't be able to keep us apart. 
But for now, I have peace that there is a purpose for this brokenness. I don't need to control it. Yeah, that's a good prayer. I think that was actually a prayer that she put at the back of her... <laughs> this is so awkward. <laughs> Bye. Uh, I think that was a prayer that she put at the back of her um, book. Um, I said that was awkward because I feel weird talking to the phone in my car, even though I guess it just looks like I'm literally talking to somebody. But um, my roommate's boyfriend just walked out and is now leaving. So it just was kind of funny. But anyway. Um... Okay, so sorry, I'm back in my house now and I have my little diffuser going. So I'm not sure if you can hear it, but if you can, I apologize. I doubt you can. It's pretty quiet, but um, okay, we're going back into it. Um, okay, so we need both the winds of harsh hardship and the winds of relief to bear fruit. Um, yeah, I, I like that quote. <laughs> um, okay, this, this is a, such a good one. For the olive tree, sorry, wow. For the olive to be edible, it has to go through a lengthy process, which includes... Washing, breaking, soaking, sometimes salting and waiting. It is a lengthy, lengthy process to be cured from bitterness and prepared for usefulness. That's very true. It's very, very true. A lot of times in our preparation or like in God's, when he's preparing us for something, it's like, sometimes it doesn't feel the best. Um, we must believe that what God has said he will do will be done. Don't focus on the problems. Instead, have the resurrection mindset that holds fast to God's promises. After all, he loves to give good gifts to those who he loves, but will not honor the chase of these things. Yeah. Um, chase after God. Don't change. Don't chase after the things that he can give you. Um, it's not about you becoming anything. Your souls were made to simply be with me. And the more you are, the more you will stop fearing what the world might take from you. Oh man, that's also very good. Anyway, that was like kind of the last quote I had. I know this is a little bit long, but um, in kind of a random episode. But I really, I hope that that encouraged you, those quotes. I know I talked about a lot of them um the ones at the end not so much because I realized it was getting into like the 30 minute mark um but I would encourage you to pick up the book and read Uninvited by Lisa Turquest <laughs> I know this sounds like a weird like promotion thing it's totally not I just uh really enjoy her writing I really enjoyed that book um and actually I had one of my guy friends tell me that he read it recently and he really enjoyed it. And so, like I said, it's not just for girls, even though it's definitely marketed towards females. Um, I do think guys can take a lot of things from it, but, um, yeah, I hope that encouraged you and thank you guys for listening to this episode and I hope you have a good rest of your day. Bye.